This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Eventually, Paul started to come too. And gradually sat up straighter. Why was he making such a big deal out of this whole thing? Lots of people got their teeth pulled. Even children did. So why should he feel so awful about it? A few minutes later, Paul was up and walking unsteadily towards the door. He was trying to shake off the crunching sounds and the feeling of pressure as he waved to the young woman on his way out, without giving her another glance. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is a wonderfully diabolical tale called Wisdom. Come closer now. I don't bite. (laughs) The wheelchair stood in the same spot in the veranda. The windows were all open, and the breeze blew through the space, cooling and filling it with sweet scents of flowers from the garden. Agnes slumped in the wheelchair while she slept. Her glasses lay on the floor next to her. Dr. Carute approached the doorway and looked at his mother, then entered carefully and picked up her glasses. They were old and bent, but... There was no reason to get another pair, since his mother was used to these, and would never agree to update. You home? You already home? Good evening. Yes, I am here. Dr. Carute pulled up a chair and sat next to his mother. He smiled. A smile that was so genuine that he resembled a little boy full of wonder and mischief. Look At what I have, Dr. Carute said as he pulled something out of his breast pocket. It was carefully folded in a tissue, surrounded by tiny specks of blood. Agnes leaned closer to look at the contents of the napkin and studied it carefully. Her pale blue eyes danced over the tissue. The wrinkles around them widened and her face erupted into a smile. Like a young child seeing snow for the first time, she gazed at it. Oh, that is one good-looking tooth. White, beautiful, and healthy. It wouldn't happen to be Paul's, would it? Dr. Carute smiled a wide, satisfied grin. Why, yes. Like you said, he has 
such nice teeth. The shape, the curve, I really couldn't resist. Just look at it. Hmm. Once again, Dr. Karut extended his palm up to his mother. Oh, that is... that is a fine molar. She agreed. I am so glad that you can find happiness in your work. Your father would have been so proud to see you this way. He always had an appreciation for good teeth. Dr. Karut sat up straighter, satisfied by his mother's words. Holding the tooth between his thumb and forefinger, he looked at the tooth again. Then he extended his finger and caressed the tooth with the utmost care, as if it was made of glass, or porcelain, or might at any time come alive. He then proceeded to study his own teeth with the tip of his finger, remembering the shape of them, feeling for the sharpness. Uh huh. Mm. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh. Almost a complete set. <laughs> he said, and his eyes beamed. Only the wisdom teeth remain. Do you know how difficult it is to come by a complete, undamaged, and well-shaped set of wisdom teeth? The mother yawned and shifted in her chair. <sighs> I used to have a wonderful set of wisdom teeth. If you saw them, you would be so proud and... Uh, I was so sad to lose them. So sad, <laughs> but they had to go. Dr. Karut nodded, but he was not looking at his mother. Instead, his eyes stared at the little tooth in the palm of his hand, and he stuffed it into his back pocket again, worried that it would get damaged if he did not take care. That night in his room, Dr. Karut unwrapped the little napkin and pulled out the tooth. He stroked it gently while smiling, a wide, childish grin. It was perfect. One of the best teeth he had ever seen. He poked in his mouth, making sure. But of course, the only way to find out was to try it on. So, he did. He produced a little tool, somewhat rusty and crooked. With a swift motion, he popped the tooth into an empty space, helping it along with the old tool, tucking here and there around his gum. The tooth was bigger than he had anticipated, but no matter. Dr. Karut poked with his tool, making room and fitting the tooth in. When the tooth was securely in place, the dentist felt around with his tongue. Now here is where he had to be careful. If he touched it too much, the tooth would fall out and possibly get damaged. 
that was unacceptable. On the other hand, if it sat too tight, the gum would bleed and give him a headache. No, it had to be just right. He produced a tiny file from the box and leaned closer to the mirror, exposing the tooth. Taking much care, he began filing at the tooth until he was satisfied with the fit. He looked in the mirror on the dresser, as if trying on shoes, then picked up a concave dental mirror and placed it next to the tooth, studying it carefully. Satisfied, he took the tooth out and placed it on a table next to a large box. Carefully, Dr. Karut opened the box and sighed deeply, satisfied with what he saw. In the box, separated by little walls, teeth of all shapes and sizes sat in small compartments. Central incisor, one label read. Canine, read another. Dr. Karut carefully rolled the tooth into a box labeled Second Molar and smiled with satisfaction. He looked in the mirror again, then pulled out another tooth from the box. This one was a first premolar. With his rusty tool, he once more removed his gum and helped the tooth into its place in his jaw. He studied himself in the mirror and satisfied, took out that tooth and replaced a canine with the one from the box. He looked at himself this way and that, felt the tooth with the tip of his finger, and content, put the tooth away. Dr. Karut did this for the next hour, the careful modeling of one tooth and then another, again and again in his mouth, until it was past midnight, and he was quite happy with himself. One by one, the dentist distributed his teeth from one tiny box to another, carefully keeping back his new tooth. He popped it into his jaw, smiled widely in the mirror, studying his uneven smile. In the dark, his reflection resembled a grotesque clown, smiling eager to offer happiness, but terrifying instead. Full of excitement and happy with his new smile, Dr. Karut went off into the bathroom to commence the cleaning routine for his teeth. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hello, dear listeners. This is Sarah Shekels, and you might recognize my voice, for I am the great North Witch from last year's holiday story, Sacrifice, which you can listen to on stories from the in-between. And if you enjoyed that story and would like the unique opportunity to see it read live, in person, on Saturday, December 4th, at the Salem Waterfront Hotel, in none other than the historic Salem, Massachusetts, please click the link in the show notes for times and ticket details. Accompanying me will be the talented David Williams, performing the haunting, atmospheric soundtrack in real time. Perhaps we will meet. 
and I can show you some spells. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The old diner was dusty and worn, with bright red cushions fitting snugly into the booths like rows of old teeth. The matching upholstered chairs, some damaged with use, stood at the tables. No matter how much anyone scrubbed the place, it resisted and held on to its greasy atmosphere. Every day the same people and same voices filled the old walls, and the same tired waitresses ran between the tables carrying coffee and food. It always smelled like bacon, even at closing time. Dr. Carute carefully sipped his soup. Paul, who was seated opposite him, was eyeing him attentively, and then eyeing a large steak placed in front of him, which he did not touch. How can you survive on that stuff? Paul asked, pretending to cut his steak. He coughed, touched the side of his face that earlier had the tooth, then put a napkin to his mouth. Dr. Carute glanced up and smiled slightly, barely perceptible. I don't have a stomach for large meals. My father was the same way. Oh yeah, I do remember that. He was a slight man, and he never smiled, so... So serious. We used to come here all the time, but um, we sat at a different table. Paul motioned to an opposite corner where a dingy old table stood. It had been so neglected that no customer sat there, and instead old plates and empty ketchup containers crowded on its surface. That's the one you see over there. That's where we sat. He paused, as if remembering the time. You know, it looked different then. Uh... A bit brighter. Uh, Maybe it was just that it was newer and more held together. The food was just as good, though. (laughs) Oh, no. Your old man? Yeah, he did eat a lot of soup. (laughs) In fact, he'd come in, and the first thing he would ask every time was, What's the soup of the day? (laughs) Do you remember that, him asking this? Uh... Dr. Carute nodded and took a small spoonful of soup. How are you healing? Paul winced as if someone hit him and touched his hand to his cheek again. Better, much better. He lied. He looked at Dr. Carute with some contemplation, then looked around to see if anyone was listening. He moved closer to the man as if wanting to share something private, perhaps even secret, but then thought better of it and leaned back. It does feel empty over there where the tooth used to be. I had to take it out. 
Dr. Carut looked up and their eyes met. You understand why it was important, don't you? (laughs) Of course, of course. Paul replied and reddened, looking down at his shoes. It's just that, I don't know, it gave me more trouble it being out than, than when it was in there. I swear it never hurt. Well, seems I saved you some future agony. Dr. Carute smiled and swallowed another spoonful of soup. Paul winced again and looked at his watch. Look, I need to get going, so I'll cut right to the chase. Have you given the hospital another thought? I want to know that I can count on you, and what's important for this town? You don't want me to resort to begging now, do you? Dr. Carute leaned back and folded his hands, smiling. Well, I did give it some thought and decided that... Why not? Besides, you're right. My father would be so proud. And your mother, too, bless her soul. What a wonderful woman she was. Why don't we make a dedication in her name? She was a patient at the hospital for years with her condition and all. Imagine if she were alive to see it, the the dedication to her at the new state-of-the-art hospital. How would that make her feel? She would be thrilled, I'm sure. Dr. Carut was serious now. His countenance, darker. Send the information to my office and I'll take care of the donation. I knew I could count on you, Paul mumbled while finishing his meal. I I gotta put a false tooth in there or something. Uh, He wiped his mouth with a napkin. It really feels odd, you know. Dr. Carut shook his head. No, keep it as is. Those tooth implants are never as good as the real thing. Trust me on this. Paul glanced at his watch again and got up. I have to go. Uh, Next one's on me. Dr. Carut smiled and nodded. He stayed at the table for another few minutes, taking great care to finish his soup. When he finished, he got up and threw a few bills on the table. He noticed Paul's plate with the uneaten steak still sitting where Paul had been. A wide grin erupted on Dr. Carute's face as he eyed it. He nodded to the waitress, who was busy at the next table and did not notice him, then left. On the way to the office, Dr. Carute passed the veranda. It was bright and clean. The furniture was old but still in good condition and looked good, too, fitting in with the rest of the aging house. Dr. Carute stood in the doorway of the empty veranda, and stared at the spot where his mother used to sit all these years. He focused his eyes, and now he could see her. Envision her so clearly, it was as if she was still alive. Oh, how I miss those wisdom teeth I had. She said in her fragile, quiet voice, It's as if some of my wisdom had been drained when I lost those. (laughs) Dr. Carute could even hear her laugh. (laughs) I am fond of wisdom teeth myself, Dr. Carute replied. It is so difficult to find a good wisdom tooth. His mother laughed louder 
delighted with their conversation, remembering her teeth. Her laugh echoed in Dr. Karut's ears until he moved on from the doorway and headed for the hall that led to the dental office. On this occasion, it took 32 steps to get there. It was early in the morning, and the patients were not yet there. Mary always got to the office at 15 minutes to 9, which gave Dr. Karut 10 minutes. He saw the young girl at the reception desk brushing her hair. He stood there, observing her for a few seconds, until she finally noticed him and turned, startled. Oh, I did not mean to scare you. Dr. Karut smiled as pleasant as he could. If you have a moment now, I can take a look at those wisdom teeth for you. Tracy stared at him and frowned, but did not disagree. She briefly glanced at the door, but the room was still and empty aside from the two of them. I'll at least check to see if they are impacted or not, Dr. Karut said with authority and motioned towards the office. Tracy nodded and smiled, although it was a forced smile, and Dr. Karut could tell. He did not mind. He followed the girl as she went into his office then slammed the door after them. The bang was loud, and the sound of it traveled through the room. The little mirror on the wall fell and shattered into many sharp, shiny pieces. Thank you for listening to Wisdom, a crawlspace media production of a story from the in-between, narrated by Danny Scott. Visit me at dannyscottvo.com or on Twitter at Danny Scott VO. Music and audio engineering by David Williams. Be sure to visit storiesfromtheinbetweenpodcast.com for all things irrational. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.